This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C. Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM. The fan, Ryan Horvath of BetMGM tonight, normally joins us uh, each and every curd and long. He's feeling under the weather. So in his stead uh, is uh, our guy, Ryan Wood. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. And, of course, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, as well. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, now that things have calmed down a little bit, the Aaron Rodgers uh, trade is officially done. The draft is officially done. What does Ryan Wood do now? Let's go Mets, right? Oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> you just walked right into that, Sparky. Of course. You know what I'm doing now. Yeah. No, what what a wild week that was, though. I mean, they had the Aaron Rodgers trade. 13 minutes, by the way, before, you know, a little behind the scenes for you. 13 minutes before we're talking to Brian Gutekinds for what was supposed yep. to be his annual, this is what I'm not going to tell you about how we're going to draft press conference. And... It, from there to the end of the week, it was just, it was unbelievable. Have the Aaron Rodgers trade in the draft in the same week. I mean, it was always going to be that way, but that was an experience, Sparky. You've had a lot of experiences covering the Green Bay <laughs> Packers ride wood that you will never forget. All right. So let's start off with the, the Aaron Rodgers saga uh, and what they ended up getting uh, in this trade. Uh, and really at the end of the day, when we talk about what they got in this trade, providing Rodgers doesn't get hurt. And I'm going to assume uh, Aaron Rodgers will not get hurt. They're essentially going to end up with a first round pick next year. We play 65% of the snaps or more. Uh, plus, they got that second round pick this year. So, and then a, a pick swap or whatever, you know, five and six or whatever that was all about. But really, a one and a two at the end of the day for Aaron Rodgers. Are you happy with what they got for Aaron Rodgers? Did they get more than what you thought they would get for Aaron Rodgers? How do you view it? I was stunned with how much they got for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the the biggest surprise by far was the basically it's a conditional second round pick, but it, the conditional one plays sixty five percent of the yeah. snap. That's a first round pick if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, and it's not based on anything that Aaron Rodgers decides to do after the twenty twenty three season. It's not even based on how good or not good they might be in the twenty twenty three season. It, it's do you stay healthy? 
Well, he's done it all but two years of his career, very long career. Basically, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't break his collarbone, they got a first-round pick in 2024. That That's winning for, for Brian Gutekinds. That, that is a tremendous haul. You got to think, you know, I, I asked Brian Gutekinds how important it was to have the pick swap to go up from 15 to 13. You got to think it was probably pretty important considering they draft Lucas Van Ness. And then what is what do the New England Patriots do at 14? They tra- they trade out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't know. They wanted. We don't know if they would have drafted Lucas Van Ness, but it doesn't take much connecting of the dots to think that they might have. That's that's a New England Patriots type player right there. So, yeah, they 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 did well. Now, so much of this is going to be on how they did day 2. Did, did, did they, you know, with that second round pick, which ended up being Jaden Reed, a slot receiver, the two tight ends, did they surround Jordan Love with talent on the field? Because on paper, right. like they surrounded Jordan Love with talent on the field, does it translate? But if it does, they, they, they got a pretty good haul for him. You know, that's, that's the other thing that, that kind of goes along with this deal. You look at Rodgers and he's bringing all the vets with him to New York, right? So Randall Cobb is going, Alan Lazard is going. He, um, he got uh, Billy Turner somehow or another over there uh, to the Jets. Now they have a hundred tight ends. If he's able to pull off Mercedes Lewis on top of all the tight ends they have in New York, that will be truly, truly impressive. But I don't know why you wouldn't believe he's gonna, not going to do it because he's got everybody else that he's wanted to this point to come play with him that were with him in Green Bay uh, at some point. Him walking in with those veteran resources with some younger players around him, right? The running back who got hurt, he was a, a rookie last year. The wide receiver, uh, Garrett Wilson, he was a uh, uh, rookie last year. They bring in McCole Harmon, who is a veteran from Kansas City. And then you look at the Packers, and it's first and second-year players at wide receiver, first and, well, really just first-year players at tight end, unless you factor DeGuar into that, and really he, I don't know. So you really got two rookie tight ends uh, in that room, and your running backs are obviously the oldest uh, at this point. I, to me, you can make fun of Rodgers and all the old guys he's bringing. It puts him in a better position to succeed with guys that he knows how to play with, from a chemistry's perspective, than what Jordan Love is being given to play with in Green Bay at this point. Yes and no. I mean, yes from a 2023 perspective. Okay, because well, that's all that matters for Rodgers. I'm assuming. Yeah, the the Jets are in a different position by far than the Packers are. The 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 real barometer for me that I thought was very telling from from the draft in terms of Brian Gutekinds, the thing he did the best is he understood where his team is. They're rebuilding. You can say, how can you rebuild when you're paying a top cornerback and a top defensive lineman and you know you're keeping David Bakhtiari. They, they want to have an infrastructure in place for when Jordan Love is ready to elevate to that level, but he, he he's not going to be there overnight. It's going to take time. The barometer to me that, that indicated Brian Gutekinds knows where he's at, they, they didn't bother to draft a starting safety, which makes a lot of sense when you think of it as they're not a starting safety away from winning the Super Bowl. Correct. So if you're not a starting safety away from winning the Super Bowl, why, why take a pick that could be used to help Jordan Love's development, and that's a two- to three-year process, instead of – we're all in. We got to get a starting safety. You can live in 2023 without a starting safety because that's not going to make a difference whether or not you take, make it a playoff run. What might make a difference in a few years is do you surround Jordan Love with the young core? And they did that. The Jets, look, we know this about Aaron Rodgers. He is very adept at playing the PR game. And he didn't have to try all that hard in his introductory press conference in New York 
He was right. The Jets smoked the Packers last year at Lambeau Field. He's walking into a good team. Now, how good will this team be? A lot of that's on Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how good he is on the field. He needs to be better this season than he was last season. We don't know if that's going to happen or not. It could. It might not. But if he's Aaron Rodgers, this is a Jets team that is dangerous. This is a Jets team that is all in for 2023. It is Super Bowl or bust for the Jets, just like it's been for the Packers the last several years. The Packers aren't there right now. In terms of getting a young core, on paper, they did a pretty good job of that. Now on the field, they have to grow together. Okay, so first of all, uh, I agree with you. It's Super Bowl or bust. It's going to be bust. They, they, I'm sorry, you're not going to convince me they have enough to get by the litany of quarterbacks he's going to have to get through in the AFC. I, I just, I don't see it. Playoffs, sure, okay, fine. I'll get down with playoffs if they're in the playoffs, but I, I don't know how much farther they go. Now, having said all of that, I, I want to talk about this OTA thing because there are some Packer fans that are livid. That there he is at OTAs after he just got done telling everybody last offseason that it's not a big deal. It's just a photo op. Don't need me there. Let these young guys learn without me. Uh, and then once they get the playbook down, then I'll come in. We'll have enough time in training camp to figure this thing out. He was wrong. They weren't. That it was not enough time. They were not ready to go. They were not on the same page. It was a fiasco. But the funny part about all of this is getting Randall Cobb being his guy kind of running through OTAs. Then... Rogers on McAfee says, yeah, I'm not going to be there for all these OTAs. I got plans, uh, but I'll be there for some of them, you know, kind of going forward. And that was yesterday on Tuesday. And then Wednesday morning, here comes the news. Randall Cobb's coming in. So guess what, Randall? You get to teach Garrett Wilson and McCole Hardman and whoever else ends up being in that wide receiver core behind, besides Alan Lazard of what Aaron Rodgers wants, how to deal with Aaron Rodgers, and you get to go play assistant coach again this year. And to me, that's as big a deal as anything as far as what Randall Cobb's going to bring on the field to the New York Jets next year. Oh, no question. He's an extension of the coaching staff. He's an extension of the quarterback, really. Yep. Uh, the, the, how the coaching staff runs the offense, how the quarterback runs the offense. The Jets will soon find out. Not the same thing. So he, he's an extension of, of Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers isn't there. I was pretty shocked when it sounded like Aaron Rodgers was committed to the offseason that he was going to do that because he's just never been about the offseason. Nope. I thought, you know, to your point, he was wrong last year. He's been wrong about the offseason. They took half a, half a season to get in sync. You can't tell me that if Aaron Rodgers is actually there in the spring – and you put that work in then, that it doesn't factor in. That, right. that, that, that That's a non-factor. I, but then he, he seemed to pivot on Pat McAfee, and, oh, yeah, he'll be there when he wants to be there, basically. That's a mistake. It, it's, it's a big mistake. And there's something to be said from being able to learn from your mistakes, which is what I thought Aaron Rodgers had done when he seemed to be invested in the offseason program. If he is only half in this offseason – you can't convince me that that's not going to be a factor. Agreed. Yeah. Even with a new, uh, an offensive coordinator that he knows well, even with some teammates that he's played with in Green Bay, this is a new situation. You, you have got to be all in or you're out. Half measures don't really work well in the NFL. I was listening to the DA show on CBS Sports Radio earlier today on The Fan and they're based out of New York, all those New York guys. And they were saying they feel like Tari Sal is on the warm seat. That if they don't do something, it's going to be his butt at the end of the day. Do you agree? If Robert Sal is on the hot seat? If they don't win. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, New York Jets are a franchise that are not known for a lot of patience in general. So I don't think that's a great leap to make to think, you know, when, when you put all, all your eggs in one basket and that basket is Aaron Rodgers, the expectation is to win. And I think you can debate where are they at in the AFC hierarchy? The Kansas City Chiefs are not passing them. The Buffalo Bills are not passing them. The Cincinnati Bengals are not passing them. Maybe you put them in the Jacksonville, uh, L.A. Chargers type of, of realm. I think they're going to get to the playoffs, and there's something to be said about getting to the playoffs. Even if there's some really loaded quarterbacks in that conference, you get hot at the right time, and there's nothing to say that Aaron Rodgers and a really talented Jets team can't get hot at the right time. Right. You you give yourself a chance and I think they have a chance, but it's unlikely. I mean, they're on the outside looking in with a really strong triumvirate in that conference. So I, I don't know what, what, what were they saying that, that Robert Sala needed to do and to, to pretty much it's AFC championship or Super Bowl, and that they're not going to blame Rogers. Like at the end of the day, if, if they don't make it to where fans want them to make it, they're going to blame Sala and whether or not Woody Johnson does or not, I don't know. But the problem is, unless you know Rodgers is playing for five more years, what's the point of getting rid of Robert Sala after a year? Here's here's why that would make sense. If you look at the the the, the trade compensation from the Jets' perspective, it's screamed one thing: they are very confident in how good their team is going to be. Correct. Why why else give up a basically twenty twenty four first round pick when you look at the low bar for? For conditions, because if they win, snaps, if, if, if they not. win like eight games, Ryan, Jets fans are going to be livid because yeah. that's going to be a pick right in the middle of the first round that goes to the Green Bay Packers. The only the only reason you give a, a twenty twenty four conditional second round that doesn't have a condition of how they actually do on the field, because they think they're going to be really good on the field, they think that they are in that penthouse of the AFC now, and we'll see. Time will tell, you know, if, if that bears out. But there was a. It was very easy to see the confidence from the Jets' side when the trade compensation came out. When we talk about this locker room for the Green Bay Packers, and as young as they are, as we've talked about, who who is going to really be the leader in this thing? I mean, Bakhtiari should be. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if he's going to be, because you all of a sudden look around the offensive side of the ball. I mean, he's the oldest by far. uh, And got a bunch of young kids around him on offense that are all going to be kind of learning everything kind of together you have Jordan Love who's been there but he's never been asked to be in this leadership role to this point uh, does it have to be Jordan Love in order for this to work 
Yes, it has to be your starting quarterback. Your starting quarterback, by definition, is a leader. And this is going to be one of the most fascinating parts of this entire process. We have no idea, really, on Jordan Love's personality, but his leadership, we don't know. For three years, Jordan Love's entire job has been walk on eggshells, don't rock the boat. Don't be a problem. Don't be a disruption. And I think that his teammates have a lot of respect for him. I think Brian Gutekinds is right when he says this because – he did that job really well for three years. Jordan love was never a disturbance. He was never a problem. And that's not easy to do when you're a first round pick and you have to wait three years. Aaron Rodgers went through that. And you could say that, you know, it probably was even smoother for Jordan love than it was when, when Aaron Rodgers was waiting in in the wings. And a lot of that had to do with Brett Favre, but Jordan love handled that job masterfully. Now it's a bigger job. He has to be a leader. He's the starting quarterback. There's, and he's got to teach the offense his wide receivers. Rodgers came into an offense where the receivers knew the offense. Now, they knew it Brett's way, not McCarthy and Aaron's way. So there was a little bit of an adjustment there. But they knew the basic concepts of the offense. This is not going to be the same thing. He's essentially going to have to be a coach like LaFleur on the field with what he wants them to do and how they're supposed to do things. You know, one of the interesting things about that, though, is that it's also not going to be the same offense. This is actually going to be Matt LaFleur's offense. You're not going to see the gap between how the the playbook runs the offense and how the quarterback runs the offense. Matt LaFleur now can run his offense. So, you know, it's been a collaboration for a few years here between Matt LaFleur and and Aaron Rodgers. This this is going to be more unified. It's it's going to be a a cohesive offense. We'll see if it's a good offense. We we don't know, but that'll be different. As far as the leaders go, yeah, I think David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, uh, the offensive line's got some leaders. There's more leaders on the defensive side. Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary when he comes back, Kenny Clark, Rasul Douglas, Jair Alexander. That's a very veteran defense, and that's going to have to be a defense if they're going to do anything in 2023. It has to live up to the expectation on paper in a way that just failed last year to even get close to doing that. Yeah. A lot of pressure on Joe Barry. That that he's he's got to he's got to do something he's never done before. He's got to a, a lead a legitimately good to maybe great defense. I, does he have it in him? We'll we'll see. But it, uh, there's a lot of pressure on that defensive side because they're they're going to have to carry the water while the offense figures it out. I saw an article. I don't remember where it was. Athletic maybe. I don't remember who wrote it. But they had an interview with Peyton Manning, and Manning talked about the off season. And how he went about things. And he talked about, you know, those couple of months when you're not doing the OTAs or whatever else. And he's working those wide receivers and his tight ends on the side. And it was specifically, I think, talking about Dallas Clark, uh, the tight end that he had uh, back in the day. And how they would run situations uh, on the practice fields. All right, third and seven. This is the defense. This is what's going on. Hike, what are you going to do? Um, and then run them. And then when you get into games and you get in those same situations, you've been through it before. Now, no, there wasn't, you know, a, a full NFL defense, but you can anticipate what your guy's going to do in that situation because you've rehearsed it several times in the course of the summertime. Will Jordan Love and those wide receivers be willing to do that in the summer? Yes, he worked out with Aaron Jones and all of that, and that's fine. But now I really think there's more pressure than ever for Jordan Love his receivers from last year and now the rookies this year to really get together and put in a bunch of extra work uh, between OTAs and training camp to kind of get everybody going here in the same direction. Well, it's telling that the very first thing that Jordan Love did was something that Aaron Rodgers never did. And that's get his guys together 
away from the facility, go work out, go work on the timing, go, go work on their chemistry. That's important. In practice, you're, I, I'm sure you want to see Matt LaFleur have a lot of competitive drills, a lot of situational-based periods where you're working on those things. But it's a process. You, you have to get to the point where you can work on situation. And by doing – before you do that, you you, you got to get the timing down with, with your new running back receivers, with the skill guys around you. And, and they've, already, they've already started that process. I think that was a really promising sign. We'll see how the practices are, are constructed, but I, I imagine you're seeing a lot of competitive periods. That's the other thing. They're bringing the Patriots uh, to be that joint team this year, according to reports. I, I don't know what everybody else thinks. I love the idea because when we start talking about a defensive mastermind and all of that, that's Belichick. And if I'm LaFleur, my deal in all this is, listen here, I don't want you to sugarcoat and play vanilla anything. Like, I want you to try to confuse the hell out of Jordan Love. I want you to come in here and act like you're trying to take his lunch. That's what I want. Because you don't need it to be vanilla. They're not really blitzing. They're just dropping back. And that's what these joint practices look like. And Jordan Love's not really learning anything. You want him to see stuff that he's not going to see practicing against maybe Joe Barry's defense uh, in these practices. That's why I would want to bring Bill Belichick and the Patriots in. I don't know why Matt LaFleur did, but that would be what I would want out of well, the best part about this format is that it, when they do have the joint practices, that's not on on public film. Right. So you, you can you can put nuances of your scheme on the practice field in a way that they are absolutely not going to do in a preseason game. Preseason game is nothing but vanilla. It is nothing but yep. base, ground floor scheme. But when it gets to those those couple of days of joint practices – they're 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 putting in their their defense the new ones the nuances of their defense not just the Packers but the Patriots too, so Jordan Love's going to see more of that in the joint practice and certainly more of that than he would see in, in a preseason game. So that that format does lend to that and uh, yeah I'm I'm with you there Sparky that that's very advantageous for Jordan Love. Well, let's talk about this uh, draft that the Packers had uh, as we talked about. Van Ness, uh, the edge rusher, defensive lineman from Iowa, is essentially a bull rusher, needs to learn the other pass rushing moves that he's going to add to his repertoire. If you look at his uh, athletic numbers, very similar, if not identical to Rashawn Gary when he came out of Michigan, uh, but more powerful, I feel like, than Rashawn Gary. At least that's what it looks like on film. I mean, he took Skaronsky and walked him back. He absolutely annihilated Paris Johnson, who was a high draft pick offensive lineman when he saw him. Even though he wasn't a starter at Iowa, I think the Packers made a solid pick. I don't think I would have made that pick necessarily, but I think it's a good move knowing Preston Smith's not getting any younger, and now you potentially have your two outside linebackers locked up for the next decade, possibly. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I, you know, it's all about hindsight, right? If I knew that the draft would lay out this way, I absolutely would have made that pick because they were able to really load up on the offensive skill side the second day of the draft. It was a gamble. But the board could not have gone better for yes. Brian Gutekunst, and he won that gamble. And that's what the draft is. The draft is always a gamble. It's always a risk. And 
he did he say very true to his status quo, which is high upside at a premium position. And that's what Lucas Van Ness is. And then he was able to load up and, and get some guys on paper that, that look pretty talented uh, at tight end and receiver on the second day. I'm usually very critical of drafts. I mean, a year ago when they didn't draft a tight end, I'm scratching my head and asking, what, what the hell are they doing? Like, th- this is a problem. Oh, it might have something in Tyler Davis. Okay, good luck with that. And they did. They had a special teamer. This draft, I, I don't know how it could have gone much better. I, the the approach was really solid. The two things that I that fans I've I've seen uh, I've screamed the most about is safety and not taking an offensive lineman. Well, again, they're not starting safety away from winning the Super Bowl in 2023. The priority is developing Jordan Love. If you have to sacrifice the starting safety to get more skill players to help develop Jordan Love, that is absolutely a sacrifice you make. An offensive lineman the only need that they had there was tackle insurance long-term because David Bakhtiari is coming back. It's probably going to be his final year. You want to ideally have someone ready at left tackle to step in, but it was a really thin class of left tackles in this draft. They don't need any more interior linemen. They have 13 offensive linemen on the roster. They have a lot lot. of experience. It is a lot. They have a lot of experience on the interior, especially when Brian Gutekind says, 13 offensive linemen got to a certain point. There weren't guys that were going to make our roster. He's right. They have a deep offensive line, especially for 2023. You don't just pick a guy to pick a guy. And once the the very thin shelf of potential left tackles fell off, there was no reason to take an offensive lineman. You know, the other thing about this, that, that I love, and we were talking about it on this Curtin Long podcast. You can download it on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast. Obviously, also on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. We post these videos there uh, as well, these video podcasts, is taking two tight ends in this draft. I was all for it. I'd been all for it leading up to this thing. Uh, and they got two really good tight ends that aren't identical players, which is good. You got more of a bigger physical type player and more of a wide receiver slash tight end type player. So I like that. And I like the idea of having multiple tight end formations with this offense. So you are not relying on as much about Jordan love and it allows you to run more things out of those type of sets uh, than you probably would. If you're running, you know, four wide and shotgun, like you were running with Aaron Rodgers forever. I think why it's important is because Matt, what we know about Matt LaFleur's offense, and this is now going to be Matt LaFleur's offense is that he's very multiple. He loves tight ends. You want to see? You have the capability now to have a lot of twelve personnel out Ask there. Ask Walker. Yeah, uh, I mean, Tennessee. It, yep. It, it, to give Matt Lafleur tight ends, that's cooking with gas, and, and and he has the pieces now to run the offense the way that he wants in a way that he just hasn't. Other than twenty twenty, when Robert Tunyon had a huge year, he he hasn't had the pieces to run the offense from a tight end from a scheme multiple perspective the way that it's designed to run. Now he does. We'll see how they develop, you know, on the tight end scale, Luke Musgrave and, and Tucker Kraft probably fall somewhere between the Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez, the football Correct. player. Yes. And, you know, 2012, the Colts, when they drafted Andrew Luck, their very next two picks were Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen. Yep. Neither of those worked out. They, they were both busts. So on that spectrum, we'll find out where, where they fall, but – there's there's talent there. There's talent to be molded and developed. And if they develop, this offense could be a lot of fun to watch because, again, it fits Matt LaFleur very, very well. 
The other thing uh, you talk about the two things that their Packer fans are screaming about. I'll tell you what I've been screaming about. What Ryan Horvath's been screaming about. I hated the Clifford pick. I absolutely hated it. I, I did not like it. Now again, we could sit here and talk about whether or not they should have a veteran backup to Aaron Rodgers or whether or not they should have uh, a, a rookie behind Aaron behind not behind Aaron Rodgers behind Jordan Love. <laughs> I didn't like Clifford at Penn State at all. There's no I wouldn't have taken him in seven rounds. Nonetheless, uh, where they took him at this point, do you think there's still a chance? that they end up going out and getting a veteran quarterback. I've been on the Matt Ryan bandwagon since February. Uh, this makes the most sense. LaFleur was with him in Atlanta. He knows his role. He'd be a great extension of, of LaFleur as a coach. Be a solid backup for a couple of games if something were to happen to Jordan Love. And then you don't have all the pressure on a guy at Penn State that threw up all over himself every time he had a chance to win a big game uh, in Clifford. Uh, how did you view that pick? I don't think there's any question that they're going to sign a veteran. They have three quarterbacks on the roster right now. You need four, and the draft is over. So they're going to sign a veteran. Uh, Matt Ryan makes a lot of sense. He, guy that shouldn't cost a whole heck of nope. a lot, nope. and that's good because they don't have a whole heck of a lot in terms of cap space, even after restructuring Darnell Savage's contract, saving $5.5 million, and They think they're at like $17 million roughly, and they need $9 million of that to, sign their 13-player draft right. class. So they, it makes a lot of sense. I, I have no question. That they're going to sign a veteran. They, they, they need another quarterback. NFL teams carry four on their offseason roster. As far as the Sean Clifford pick, I think if you put, gave him true serum, I asked Milt Hendrickson this, and I don't think he had true serum because he said that they felt really good with the value of him in the fifth round. If you gave him true serum, I think that they would tell you that they were surprised by the quarterback run. Sean Clifford was the 11th quarterback to that point taken in the draft. I think there was one more, which made this the most quarterbacks ever taken in a seven-round draft. He was the 11th. That, that tied 1995 as the most ever taken in a, a seven-round draft. Here, He's the 11th quarterback. You, you have two on your roster. There was a run. You know that you got to go and, and, and get a quarterback from this draft. They didn't have a lot of choice. That, that, that's what I take from the Sean Clifford pick. They clearly didn't love the value. I mean, they, they took a kicker in the next round. So there wasn't anybody that they were itching to get in that fifth round. So I, I don't know that, you know, we'll see in, you know, three years. Is there a stud in the fifth round that they pass on? Quite possibly. But the way it looked over draft weekend, they, they weren't seeing it that way. And they had to get a quarterback. So I, they, they see Sean Clifford. He's got good mobility. Uh, weak arm, and he's a good locker room fit. And I don't think that that hurts considering the quarterback dynamic right now and, and putting all your, your faith and confidence in Jordan Love to have someone who will do what Jordan Love did, which is not rock the boat and fit seamlessly into that locker room. What about the kicker? You brought up the kicker from Auburn Carlson. Not a fan of his either. Uh, but they, they, they draft him. I, I don't get the not wanting to bring Mason Crosby back thing. I, I don't. I guess I don't get it. I mean, I understand he doesn't have the strongest leg anymore and all that stuff. Uh, but asking a rookie kicker to come kick in these elements at that stadium um, is a big deal. Now, maybe the idea is, like you said about safety, of eh, it doesn't really matter. We're not going to go to the Super Bowl anyhow. If he blows a couple games for us, fine. And maybe that is the mentality. But my mentality is the exact opposite. You do not need any more reason to doubt Jordan Love than to having a field goal kicker costing you football games. And then at the end of the year, you've got six wins and you could have had nine if your field goal kicker would have made two or three more kicks in two or three more games. 
Uh, and that completely spins how everybody looks at Jordan Love and this organization and what they did. From a perception standpoint, every kick, I think, is a big deal because you're not talking about a dominant football team this year. I don't think that the Packers are going to be solely basing their evaluation on Jordan Love based on whether or not they win no, any more than they did the media in will. And that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, They don't care. They don't care. Any more than 2008 when Aaron Rodgers was 6-10 and 10 and he cost them some games. They lost some games that maybe they shouldn't have. Yep. But they, they, they saw the film. They knew that they had something there in Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be the same thing with Jordan Love in 2023. It's all about the money, Sparky. If, and this is the analogy I've used. Having Mason Crosby, if, if they had Aaron Rodgers and they were all in it this year, Mason Crosby would be their kicker. Because when you're a, a championship contender, when that's the expectation, having a, a veteran that knows Lambeau Field inside and out, that's made countless big moment kicks in his career, that's extremely important. When you're not, and they're, they're not contending this year, having a kicker like Mason Crosby, it's like having an elite closer on a 71 baseball team. Okay, I mean, you might right. you might win a few more games, but you're not contending, so who cares? It, yep. This is the right time, not just because of the money, but because of where they are to make that transition to see what they have in an Anders Carlson. I have no idea what they have. I don't know anything about kickers. I like to think that Rich Passaccia does, and I'm sure that he had a – you know, Rich Passaccia coordinated Daniel Carlson, Andrew, uh, Anders Carlson's older brother with the Raiders. Right. He has a good feel for who he, who Anders Carlson will be. I have no idea. I, you look at his accuracy from range, leaves something to be desired. He had an ACL tear on his plant leg. He had a, a fractured shoulder. I mean, he, there's some red flags there. At the end of the day, I, I have no idea what to make of that. I I, I think you, you put your trust in Rich Passaccia and his special teams prowess until proven otherwise. As we sit right now, how do you feel or how confident are you that this team can have a winning season? 40%. I don't, I don't know that I see it, but I, you know, th- there's an infrastructure in place. Uh, they, they have a lot of talent on defense. I don't know that I – small sample size alert. Yeah, the last five games defensively last season, they were really good. But what about the other 12? You know, yeah, and what I, quarterbacks I did they face in those last five too? Yeah, I, I don't know how that's – going to shake out, but there's talent there. Uh, you know, a, a winning season. I, I base that off nine and eight. Correct. Like, I don't think right. that that's, I don't think their ceiling's much higher than that. Yep. Could they go nine and eight? I would give them maybe a 40% chance. Uh, are they more likely a six, seven win team? Probably, but anywhere from six to nine wins, I, I, I think is doable. Yeah, it'll be fun to see how this whole thing plays out. Check about Ryan Wood, Green Bay Press Gazette, the award-winning Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And, yeah, he's a Mets fan. Uh, follow him on Twitter <laughs> at ByRyanWood. Don't hold that against him. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. LFGM. Yeah, toodles.